0: Welcome back, listeners, to Sacred Space here, come-and-see inspirations production for West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose, delighted to have you with us on the program this morning. Now, we are delighted to welcome back an old friend of the program. We haven't had her on for quite a while. Uh, but as John said it, uh, you know, so we're delighted to welcome back. Good morning, Noreen Lynch. How are you in this COVID time?
1: <laughs> good morning, Shane. It's absolutely lovely to speak to you. Good morning, John. Good morning, Anne. It's good to be here. Thanks a million for the invitation. I'm in Dublin, but it's lovely to be able to chat to you across the, the airwaves and to be able to, to share this time with you. Um, all my family's in Limerick, so it's to be connected with, with Limerick through the programme is very special.
0: Well, we're delighted to have you on. And as you said, of course, for it's, it's very much uh, trying to make the connections. So mm-hmm. this morning, Noreen, we were delighted to invite you onto the program and to ask you maybe to share some thoughts with us mm-hmm. on the current world, I suppose, that we are experiencing, the now that we are having at this moment in time. And I suppose maybe to help us to um, look for maybe faith or hope in what is at this time. So, I suppose you, to start off, you were asking us, we're going to play a piece of music and it's called How Are You?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So, do you want to tell us anything about it before we play it? I
1: I suppose just the context is this is a lovely piece of music created by Kiara Conway. Um, Claire Galway would be her area. Um, She was working with the Galway hospitals as part of Galway 2020 to create some music. For those in hospital or those who are not feeling well. And it really struck me when I heard it first, because I thought for most of us, it's not that we're sick, but that we're not 100% ourselves at the moment and that we don't have a lot of people around who are checking in with us that normally would. We have phone calls and we have people who are very good to us. But the familiar comforts of family and friends mightn't be there. So I thought there's something very honest and very calming about just being asked, how are you? So we listened to Chiara how oh.
2: How are you now? How are you?
1: Now that's something a little bit different, isn't it, from the norm?
0: That, uh, you took the words out of my mouth. That is, it's different, but at the same time it was very, I don't know, very calling.
1: And I suppose the the thing that struck me, Shane, was that often, for, for people now, there is a sense of not being in their own body or not being quite themselves um, and to say, how are you in your mind and in your soul and in your body and in your heart? And, and just to sit with that a little bit, a friend was saying to me that, you know, he, they said this year, it was funny, Holy Week was nearly easier than Easter because in some way in Holy Week, I could journey with Jesus and I could really have that sense of going down into the tomb but I found it hard to have a great sense of resurrection afterwards. I found it a bit of a struggle to say, "Yay, everything's perfect, when I was still inside. And there was somebody who was cocooning and who just said, I'd love to just get out for a walk. And I, you know, I kind of feel I'm down in something. So the image that came into my head when I was thinking about it was these very famous caves in Lasso, in, I'm probably pronouncing it right, in France, or pronouncing it wrong, in France, where there was explorers went down exploring these small, dark caves and they went right down into the caves and it was quite dark, quite dusty. And somebody raised a torch up and they suddenly realized that the whole roof had been covered in amazing prehistoric art. There's some of the most famous caves in France. There's these beautiful paintings of buffaloes and uh, of all different animals. And, and they, they're in these beautiful tan colors. And the the image, when I saw it, it, just I thought of that thing of being down in the darkness and thinking, how could you find God in the middle of is when you're feeling a bit down or a bit dull in yourself and that without even realising it around us there was this beauty that these people hadn't thought of and I, I suppose where it led me was into into a poem that I've been kind of going back to a lot over the last few weeks if you don't mind me sharing that I'll I, I keep talking Shane while I can <laughs> <laughs> No
0: problem
1: but, uh, Kim Rosen is a, is a poet and she has a lovely poem about caterpillars and butterflies that relates to Easter and the resurrection so just to, to explain to you what she discovered when she looked into how did a caterpillar become a butterfly? Well, you know, a caterpillar forms a cocoon, but it doesn't really intend to be a butterfly. It's not setting out. It's quite happy with its life. It's eating, it's doing what it needs to do, its life has gone along, But it finds itself pulled into this cocoon or drawn into this cocoon. And when it's inside, what actually happens to a caterpillar is it begins to, sh- the cells within the caterpillar begin to vibrate. And as the more cells that vibrate and the more all the cells vibrate the same energy, the caterpillar, as such, just begins to, to fall apart. It begins to liquefy and reform in a new way as a this very vulnerable, weak butterfly that's going to actually need to squeeze out through a tiny little hole in the cocoon for its strength to come into its wings and to really be its full self. And, and, and King Ro- Kim Rosen wrote this poem, which I'm just going to read slowly to give you a sense. I hope it's, you can hear me. It says, do you know how the caterpillar turns do you remember what happens inside a cocoon? You liquefy. There, in the thick black of your self-spun womb, void as the moon before waxing, you melt, as Christ did for three days in the tomb, conceiving in impossible darkness the sheer inevitability of wings. I liquefy, conceiving in impossible darkness the sheer inevitability of wings. And I suppose the reason I share that it's a, it's a, it's a very deep kind of a broad poem is I'm, I've been kind of carrying the image of moss of Emmaus that the apostles leave an Emmaus and walk him. And I have a real sense of these men who who had made a huge commitment and who knew what they believed in. Their hero had been knocked and their confidence knocked and they found themselves returning home. And they were just trying to talk out what had happened to them and make sense of it. And it really echoes with me with what what it's like for a lot of people. We can't walk together, but we're, we're phoning each other or texting each other or just in the quiet of our hearts, trying to make sense of what's happening and what's going on. And, and there's almost a the sense of these men walking and the heartbreak was vibrating out of them nearly. The, the waves of hurt, their dream was liquefying, was, was falling apart. And I remember thinking, in, and I saw my own journal when I was taking notes, talking about why didn't Jesus just say, ta-da, here I am. You know, the women had already told them that the, about the resurrection. They couldn't hear it. Jesus didn't come and just say, look, here I am. In some way, he let them walk and make sense out of all of this let them talk about their disappointments they they were almost in this cocoon in this small place of disappointment trying to make sense of it all and he let them talk and I was wondering what what's that about why didn't Jesus just fix everything immediately and what about for me when I'm in the middle of trying to make sense of Covid and all this going on and I was lucky enough I I, I got to read a, an article by Rebecca Salnett during the week somebody sent it to me and she had a beautiful article what she said was that during, when this started, she started to go online and read fairy tales for children. But she tried to pick things that were interesting because she said fairy tales are not like superheroes. They're very ordinary people trying to figure out really difficult stuff. And she said nearly all of us would like to be at the end of the story. Because to live in the middle of it is to live in suspense and uncertainty about what will happen. She said we, we want to know how it ends. And if somebody would tell us COVID will be over um May the 5th or on, June the 30th or on, even December the 31st, once we'd know we'd be happy, we could plan. And I thought, isn't that so like what was happening with those men on that walk, coming out of Jerusalem, walking towards the mass? They were thinking, would somebody tell us the end of the story so that we'd know then we could relax? So really, they really get what it's like to be in the middle of the story of not being sure what's happening next, not knowing what's coming on. And she kind of talks about how when... When we come out of the story, all of these fairy stories, all of these hero stories that we carry, always things are different. And when we come out of this story, things are going to be different too. And for the apostles, things were going to be different. But we look at it and we say, oh, they had a great experience. They saw Jesus and knew everything was fine. But in truth, what happened was they went from being absolutely certain of their disappointment to having this great, amazing revelation. And then they ran back to Jerusalem with excitement. But they had to figure out what does all this mean? And everything's changed utterly. What can we do? And knowing the end wasn't going to help them. Actually, there was something about trying to sit and And say, sheer not knowing. And say, what can we do? And so that piece of music, trust, surrender, believe, receive, that we heard at the start, really just spoke to me as that, that sense of needing to almost say, Lord, I don't know where this is going. I'm not sure what I'm doing with this. I'm not sure where it's taken me. I'm going to try and trust you. And then at the same time, there was a little bit of me going, oh, my God, if I was able to be that calm, sure, I wouldn't need. I'd be fine. I'd be praying away. I'd be fine. I I find myself in the middle of all this recognising the apostles, being very clear that Jesus is with me. But I am so antsy and easily irritated and, and trying to be all Easter positive. I find really tiring. You know, there's days I just don't have that in me. Mm-hmm. And so I came back again and I said, Lord, you know, where are you calling me in this? And I came to one other thing. Am I okay for time, Shane, or am I talking too much? <laughs> You're fine. Keep going. I came to this lovely piece um, by Sarah Bessie that I found very helpful and I share really just that it might be helpful for any of us. Sarah is a mother of older and younger children. She's an American woman. And she said that she's living in a house with. So she's an introvert, so she's exhausted at the end of the day and she loves her 30 minute bath and trying to get small moments in the day. She was saying to herself, you know, why can't I be all positive and just love everything and love everyone? And that was her her dream that she would be a person who would be positive. She she found it hard. And then she remembered this poem that she had found from Daniel Ladinsky. I'm just going to read it for you. And offered it as just a final thought. He said, I think God might be a little prejudiced. For once, God asked me to join him on a walk through this world. And we gazed into every heart on this earth. And I noticed God lingered a bit longer before any face that was weeping. And before any eyes that were laughing. And sometimes when we passed a soul in worship, God too would kneel down. I have come to learn God adores his creation. I have come to learn God adores his creation. And so, Shane, I was thinking that when Jesus was walking with the apostles, it would have been very tempting for him to rush in and give them the end of the story. But he had this huge respect for them the journey they were on trying to make sense out of what had happened he wasn't half as interested in the ending of the story as he was with being with them in the middle of the story and he stayed and he listened and he let them talk and he talked with them and i have this huge just sense in myself at the moment that god adores his creation that jesus really cares about the fact about being with us not just that we'll know the ending or that everyone thing will turn out right but that maybe in little particular ways as Sarah says, not trying to love everybody all the time, but picking maybe a flower, a moment somebody was kind to you and saying thanks be to God for that. Maybe not recognizing God in everything that maybe the prayers I usually say aren't as, aren't as comforting as they normally are, but maybe taking one thing that helps me and just holding on to that. Being grateful for small things, a cup of tea somebody brings you, a phone call that comes through and saying, I don't know the ending, but. I just have a sense God is with me in this. All these little small signs are signs that God is. God's present in the groceries that are delivered. God's present in the little cowslips that are grown up around the corner of the house. In the phone call. In a soft pillow or in strong support for your back when you need it. And I suppose I, I just came to see that often we're looking for God in the extraordinary where God is. But in this time when we're reduced to a lot of small spaces and small moments, It's okay to find God in the ordinary and just to look around and say, There you are. Thanks for being with me. There you are. Thanks for being with me. And I thought I might finish by sharing a couple of the places that I found those ordinary signs in the week, which is in good people, in nice neighbors, in family, in friends. I have a little song that I just put there that I might share if that's okay, called Good People.
0: Noreen, thank you so much for that and uh, we're just going to we're going to just close out this uh, part of the programme I think and uh, just by listening to this, this lovely piece of music and are you going to stay on with us for part three? I will of course Thanks a million My
3: neighbour's sure it's gonna fall on someone's head. She says it's her best crystal. How the better out than in, sir. We're taking this just one step back. E The word is... See?